Hello, hello, folks, and welcome back. It's podcast time again. We are back. This is your um, Irish golf slash non-golfy chit-chat podcast brought to you by the boys from Quack Golf. Um, you may have heard of the two turtle doves when you, well, you've just tuned in to the two quacky ducks. It's only two of us here today, myself and the CEO of Quack Golf himself, Mr. Ben Scott. How are you doing, Ben? You're only allowed to say that when Scott's not around to uh, to, <laughs> to kick back at that. I'm good, Patrick. How are things? How are you keeping? What have you been up to? I'm not too bad. Give, a, give us a life um, update. What have I been up to? I uh, have become a massive Ronnie O'Sullivan fan since we last spoke. Um, it seems like all I watch these days is old clips of Ronnie shooting 147s. I watched his documentary. It was excellent. He's a troubled, troubled character, but it's, I, don't, I think in a sport, it's not often you can say um, conclusively that such and such a person is the greatest ever of all time yeah. in their sport, which Ronnie obviously is. So it's, it's just great to watch. Um, and then also he won the, the UK championship last week, which was, which was a good watch as well. So um, I don't know if you caught his documentary, did you? I haven't watched it yet, but I've heard from you and other people that it's very good. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I saw I saw um, that he after he won the UK championship, he was just waiting for a bus. He was getting a bus somewhere and some some lad walked past and was like, Is that is that Ronnie O'Sullivan waiting for a bus? And he's like, Yeah. <laughs> You're like, what? He's a mad character. Like he like his dad his dad ran um a sex toy shop in London when he was like a teenager. And then Obviously. his dad went to yeah, as you do. And then his dad went to prison. Um also when he was a teenager for murder so his dad was in prison kind of as soon as he became a pro so he's a well, troubled owl he's got a lot lot of stuff going on for his whole well, life well, what, what was the murder weapon a big lot I think a champagne, champagne bottle I think they got into an old he got into an old scrap in oh, I, thought it, I thought it was going to be something out of the sex shop no no <laughs> we'll we'll draw a line there this, um, uh, I've, there's been so much like hardcore golf chat going on at the moment about live and about the rollback. Yeah. And, you know, sometimes you just want to tune into a podcast where they can make jokes about sex toys. <laughs> exactly. Um, my mother said to me recently that she thinks that we should get back to what we know and start talking about golf and stop talking crap. And I said to her, well, mom, when we're talking about golf, we are more, more or less still talking crap. But um, yes, so um, getting into it straight away, it is the biggest story in golf this week, this year, this decade. No, it is not the return of Tiger Woods. No, it is not the golf ball rollback debate. No, it is not Matt Fitz grassing on Colin Marikawa. And no, it is also not John Ram moving to live. It is the retirement of the great and the one and only Victor de Buisson. He is done. He is finished. He's packed up the clubs. Ben, can I get a report, please, on this major incident? If you had asked me, was Vi until last week, because I saw he put his name into the live qualifier, if you'd asked me, what is Victor de Buisson doing? I would have said he's retired <laughs> in the French countryside somewhere. I haven't seen him since the WGC where he beat Tiger Woods, probably 2013. So I don't know what he's yeah, been up to. But He looks he... so different now as well. 
I hold him in the same kind of level of Anthony Kim. Like he came, yeah, he Anthony like Kim, yeah. got really good. He conquered, and then he kind of just disappeared. So he's thirty-three. Victor Dubuisson. Victor Dubuisson is thirty-three. No way. Played in a Ryder Cup. Won it. Um, he said, "I've been thinking for a few years about the fact that I've given up on my life as a professional golfer for some time." I was finding it more and more difficult to cope with life on tour. I'm turning the page, but life goes on. Earlier this week, Dubuisson withdrew from the Live Promotions event. So I think he was obviously considered... He should have just gone for Live. Like, he would have been a... He would sell tickets on Live. Also, you get five grand just for playing in the first round of the Live qualifier. So, like, come on, Victor. That's mm. the little little French holiday. Yeah. Um, Michael McEwen... Um, tweet of the week for me he said um that the golf beat is full of stories about victor de buisson's idiosyncratic ways my favorite is that he regularly abandoned his clubs on luggage carousels at airports because he couldn't be arsed waiting for them <laughs> he got a new set built for him at his next event instead <laughs> who was he sponsored by uh taylor raid like so he would just show up to events <laughs> left his Sorry, golf clubs. the amount of uh Tailor-made golf clubs, like just going around the carousels <laughs> and the lads in the airport <laughs> sitting oh, on the way home Vic, with a new, new set of blades. Victor's been here again. That's funny. Oh, that is. Just, I, mean, I don't know. Like when I read that, I was like, I, I was like, was he a brat or like, what's going on? Because, like, was he ever really good enough to have that sort of an outlook? I don't think he was really. But yeah, there's something about that's he what I mean, was, like he's like a lovable rogue. Yeah, maybe. He was, um, he was so made for live. Stick him on a live team. Absolutely. He would. He would just say it as it is. I'm just here for the money, baby. Want to go home <laughs> buy some Merlot? Like, oh, sad to see him go. Um, because I'm just trying to get a Fred Couples. Yeah. Tweeted about about him and said he was a classy guy, and I'm like, like how much I of him know, and Fred like... Couples hung out together? <laughs> yeah. And how classy can you be if you're like, <laughs> just, you know, kind of just leaving your golf clubs around? Like, I don't know. But um, he, a strange character, like from yeah. the accounts that of what I've heard of Paul McGinley said about him, he just said he was a strange, um, strange individual. But yeah, sad to see him gone. I suppose he's been gone for 10 years anyway. But um, so it makes makes no odds. Yeah. But it would have been good to see him in the, in the qualifiers. Exactly. Um. So for a supposed quiet time in golf, there are a lot of storylines to discuss. Um, will we will we touch on on the cat before we get into the kind of boring golf? Yeah, let's ball touch on the cat on. and let's touch on how sweaty he was. <laughs> he and I sweaty. look. I love. I love. I love Tiger Woods, and I'm and I hate that for some reason. Uh, these live, all the live fans have decided that Tiger's on the bad side, so they're gonna hate him. So I've seen lots of live accounts tweeting about Tiger being on steroids and like, blah blah blah. I don't really know. I don't like Tiger hasn't been that out, outspoken about how bad Liv's been. I don't think so. I don't really know why mm -hmm. these live these live fan accounts are suddenly turning on the one of the greatest golfers ever to play. Um. But yeah, he did. He was he was incredibly sweaty. So that's mm. all. That's all. all um, 
the only notes I wrote down on Tiger was he's got muscles growing on his muscles. He yeah. is absolutely ripped, isn't he? Like yeah. upper body. He looks like he's gone Jack. to prison and just done press ups. Yeah. What's it? Yeah. What's he been up to? I guess because his leg has been shagged, so he's just been working on chest day all the time. Um, I saw apparently, apparently he's been like waking up at four a.m. in the morning and going straight to the gym, and then he, I assume it's JT he's texting, but he's he's been texting, um, some of his players on the PGA Tour that are his friends saying, "I'm in the gym getting better. What are you doing?" At like four thirty a.m. I love that. I love that. <laughs> do you honestly um, do you think? Yeah. Do you think he'll win again? Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. Really. I, I um, I'd love to know what his, what his odds for just for making the cut at the Masters are right now. Is it, like you presume? Yeah, he's yeah he's eligible to play. Um, yeah, I would love to know what his odds are for just making the cut right now in the Masters because I put my house on it. Really, he made the cut the last time round on one leg, so surely now, yeah. like, I think if he says himself that he's feeling good and plans on playing one tournament a month, like that's a lot compared to what he planned to do last year. So yeah. Um. So yeah, the sub Taylor fu- sub Taylor fusion must have worked. Um. And apparently, okay. uh, uh, Nike, Nike are no more, or Nike are no more with Tiger. We... There's another story on there. Yeah. Well, um. I think this all started when the eagle-eyed people on Twitter noticed that his all-black shoes were not Nike; they were actually blacked-out Footjoy shoes. He's been wearing um, those since he came back, though. He wore them at mm. Augusta. But, but I mean, like, that's where it started. So this has obviously developed. Well, there's murmurs that Nike Golf are going to discontinue and that because Nike own Bridgestone or Cleveland or one of those. Okay. And that one of those brands are going to create an apparel line because they don't currently. And apparently Nike oh. are just going to slink off. Because I remember a couple, like 10 years ago, they stopped making clubs and balls, kind of just slinked yeah. away from golf. You'd think if you're if you've got Rory and you've got Tiger wearing your stuff, there's no way that Nike aren't making money selling apparel. But yeah, they're, they're I'd be sad to see them go quack. because yeah, <laughs> I'd be sad to see them go because like their golf shoes are still yeah, yeah. very um like every time there's a Masters or a major that comes around, they're um yeah. I imagine go from the industry. I imagine they'll stick with shoes. They'll keep bringing out golf shoes and they'll just cut the cut the apparel. They'll do hats and shoes. That mm. Nike, Nike are good at their shoes. Like, I think that's their yeah hats butter. and shoes. Fine, yeah. Um. Okay. Moving on. Um. I'm actually going to move on to. Um. What did you make of the Matt Fitz and Colin Marikawa situation? I think it was sort of just slip. It sort of slipped by amongst all the other storylines. Yeah. I'm going to give you my take, right? So, for anyone that that wasn't aware of this, um. Basically. Um, there's a rule in golf where you are allowed to use so this new putting technique. Um, what's it called, Ben? Uh, aim point. Aim point. Yeah. So that involves using numbers, um, of degrees of slope in your own interpretation. Blah blah blah. I'm not Google aim point if you want to know what that is. But basically, Colin Marikawa wrote numbers down on his uh on his scorecard or whatever you want to call it that 
of the practice screen aim point numbers, we'll say. Would you would you like me to tell the actual that story? Out of course. <laughs> yeah, if you could explain it, that'd be great. So basically, they were on the practice screen, and um, like a lot of caddies carries a spirit level, was using the spirit level to work out the degree of the slant on the practice screen, which is which yeah. you're allowed to do. But his caddy then wrote that down into his uh, stroke saver, into his course guide, which you're not allowed to do. And then once it was on the course, and not until I think the third hole, which seems strange, why Matt Fitz obviously saw him on the practice screen, played yeah. three holes of them, and then said, wait, you can't do that. Unless he saw him looking at the specific picture, maybe they were like, this part of the green is very similar to that third hole. And like, no, this I is think... what the slant is. Yeah, but I think it was on the third hole that he heard them talking about aim point numbers and looking at their okay. book. And then it wasn't until later that night he remembered it and then he rang yeah. in or something like that. But my, I, th I think, I think that like it was the hero challenge, Matt. And like yeah. this one could have, like, I think Colin McCarvey didn't know or wasn't aware. I don't think he was cheating, like I would say no. as such. I think this is one you could have just mailed it in. You could have just had the private word with him. Yeah. Whereas I thought it was a bit sneaky. I just think, of. why bother? I think it's so easy at the end for Matt when they're having dinner just to be, go up to him and say, look, oh, Colin, by the way, I don't think you're... Go ask, go Absolutely. go get some confirmation about this rule official because I'm not sure you can do that, but I'm not going to call you out. We're at a pretty much a charity golf event. <laughs> Let's not... Yeah, it was an absolute nothing event. Like, like if it was that a but major, also, fair enough, Matt. But also, don't, don't cheat, you know? I just... No, I don't... I'm... I don't want no. I completely agree with that. I'm all for yeah. like you know call. It's like it's it's almost like snooker. You know, call call fouls yeah, yeah. on yourself. You know yeah. that's all fine. But this one definitely for me just seemed like look, you're both professionals. I'm sure Colin Marikawa didn't wasn't cheating. Um, have the quiet word. Like now he's just stirred up the the pot a bit. But yeah. it probably makes the Ryder Cup. I hope they are, they get each other in the same <laughs> now in the Ryder Cup. But um, but I, it was I it was go on. Sorry, yes. No, I just I don't I didn't hear Colin say anything about Matt, which obviously he, he can't. But like, Colin just I, basically blamed the rule official. He was like, "Well, I asked this rule official. He said we could," and then it was the other rule official who said you can't. So, but I yeah I don't know who cares. Well, like. yeah, Matt um, uh, in his Matt Fitzpatrick in his quote was he referred to someone as I texted Coxie and then. That's where it went. I presume Coxie is Colin is his nickname for Colin Morikow, is it or is that his caddy? Oh, I'm not sure. I haven't got that far now. Anyway, um, I thought it was uh, it was just myself and my old man were playing nine holes um at the time when I saw this news coming through, and um, there are a lot of funny rules in golf, um, so we, it came up because do you know the rule where so what happened was we were both off the green. And I chipped up beside the hole, stone dead. And then dad was taking his chip, but he took his chip before I had walked up to the green to mark my ball. And it hit my ball beside the hole and worked in his favor, we'll say. Yeah. And he said, that's fine. There's no problem with that. There's no problem with that. And I said, yes, there is no problem with that. But the actual rule is that if we had both agreed to mark, to leave the ball there, then it's a two shot penalty on each person. So if if you it's like if you look at each other and make an agreement, yeah. it's a two shot penalty. But if he just plays it without asking or anything like that, it's fine. 
so yeah basically stopping. don't talk to each other when you have a boxed off yeah yeah um but you, i thought there was some hilarious go on sorry i was just gonna say you see that on the pga tour the odd time like some guy is chipping he's, yeah. he's short-sighted and then your man puts us up there and the two of them kind of just look in the opposite direction while your man is waiting to hit his yeah um here i, I found a hilarious rule in the rna rules app which was um invigorating and invigorating um <laughs> 10 minutes that i spent on the couch and um, but i found a, a, a hilarious one for you if you're five minutes late for your tea time it's two shot penalty <laughs> yeah so i'd say you've left a few two shot penalties out there i have started um, at pl- plus six a couple of times <laughs> <laughs> and then another one um is i definitely didn't know this one but i'd love to try it now um so Apparently, since 2019, you can't test the sand or touch your club in the bunker where your ball is actually in, but you're allowed to go into another bunker on the other side of the green and test the sand. So you're allowed to take practice swings and it's smack the sand, whack it. Yeah, um, I've heard that. Completely illegal, um, <laughs> which I thought was hilarious. If you walked over to another bunker and just started smashing the sand, <laughs> definitely useful if you wanted to. If you're a new course first hole, you just wanted to test the test the sand. Yeah, out. see what it see what it's like. Yeah. Um, there are some ridiculous golf rules. To be fair, where where do you that that ventures nicely into the rollback rule, which is going to be the next yeah. big change in golf? Where what are your thoughts on that? Um, I haven't really like I wouldn't say I've formulated my own opinion yet. Um, but if I was going to go my head, my stance on it at the moment is why does there have to be a rollback instead of just a hard stop? So like I I feel like golf is in the best place it's ever been in terms of enjoyment of the game, um, young people trying to play the game, uh, social media is flying off the shelves with with um with golf stuff um so like why can't we just say let's just stay where we are now the pro v1 is the pro v1 let's not make it go 10 20 yards more in the next 10 20 years let's stop driver heads getting bigger and bigger and and hotter and hotter and let's just let's just stay where we are yeah i just but i think that's the it's always going to come down to the manufacturer of these whether it's the ball or the golf club they need to sell things year on year. Like the TaylorMade had just released their new Q10 driver, which we all know is go- is the exact same as the it's the exact same yeah. the yeah. Sim Max. But like everyone's gonna like they still sell a lot of drivers. So they you you can't just you can't like have a have a handshake agreement where you're like okay lads TaylorMade and uh, Titleist are gonna say look we're not gonna make it any better we're just gonna stick the same yeah. driver so. It had yeah. me. I I literally just googled it because I've I've tried to formulate an opinion and be somewhat knowledgeable on it, but I I couldn't bring myself to read all the USGA jargon. But I kept hearing the word by by for by a bifurcation which is a great word, and I had no idea what it meant. But it is the division of something into two branches or parts. Which is not what I expected at all. When I heard the word bifurcation, you know those golf <laughs> balls you hit around the garden that have loads of air holes in them. <laughs> in my mind, I was yeah, like, "Yeah, that's pros play with them." <laughs> yeah, they're kind of bifurcated golf balls. 
So basically, bifurcation is where the pros play at one ball, amateurs play with another. Again, I don't think that would ever really work just because you get stuck in really top level amateur stuff. You get stuck in this middle ground of like, do you play with the, the pro ball or the amateur ball? If you're a college mm -hmm. kid going through college and you're about to start in the PGA tour, you you're supposed to go from playing from one ball to another ball, all that sort of stuff. So I think, I don't know. I look, if you want a serious mm -hmm. response on the golf ball rollback, probably go listen to another podcast. Or, I or just, you can, um, you can look up, Podrick Harrington's uh, 13 tweet Twitter thread on it yeah. if, if, if you would like yeah um, but during my um, during my research of listening to to some of these podcasts and reading some stuff on Twitter I kind of come to the conclusion that so when when you and me go and play with our dads we both play off the same white or blue tees generally yeah. into a par four you or me will have a pitching wedge or a nine iron our dads will be hitting a six or a seven iron. And the, the issue isn't with the golf ball there. We're both playing the same stuff. Obviously, their swing speed isn't as much. I would like to get to a point where you go and play golf and you use different sets of tees because I would like, I think you, you become a much more level playing field when you're hitting into greens using the same club. So if mm. they could create some sort of system where it was acceptable for older people or slower swings or worse golfers that play off a little bit forward tees then you end up starting to play your second shot from the same area do some sort of calculation to alter your handicap so the high handicaps mm. go forward a bit but they lose a few shots something like that i think that is a better system but i i just don't think that'll ever work yeah it seems like they're like they have made this decision now so it's 20 i think it's actually not till 2028 eight for the professional game and 2030 for the amateur game yeah so it'll be a while yet um but i actually think the manufacturers now will they'll spin it their own way now and they'll say oh with this new ball you actually need this new technology of driver to yeah. spin and all this nonsense but um it does annoy me though when like i was i was sort of pissed off with rory's tweet um he just said, I don't understand the anger about the golf ball ro rollback. It will make no difference whatsoever to the average golfer. Yada, 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 and goes on. But as soon as I saw that, I was like, I'm sorry, but like even five yards does make a difference to us. Like sometimes five yards to us is nearly a full club. Um, So like over time, if you're talking seven irons down to six irons, our hand our handicaps will go up because of that. So I thought that was a bit didn't like that, Rory, you know. Yeah, but like let our handicaps go up. There's too many padded handicaps in this country. There's too many no. lads playing there's no. too many lads playing off plus handicaps to get into these national championships <laughs> that they're not able to play to. Absolutely. I just think like yeah, let's let's play yeah, more mid irons into greens. I'm all about that. I also, Fair enough. so I feel like in the last 10 years is when this distance thing is really kicked on. Like it's when mm. I, when, when we grew up, it was drive for show, put for dough. It's been completely reversed in the last 10 years. It's swinging as hard as you can. Everyone says that you'd, you're much better off to be 20 yards further in the rough than trying to hit the fairway. So that's what we're all doing. And we're all becoming better golfers because of it. Um, Wait, what was I just about? I had such a good point there. Your end point. Was it grow the rough up, maybe? <laughs> no. 
Uh, <laughs> oh, sorry. Sorry. So, so yeah. So we have six years until this comes in as an amateur. The driver technology, unless they put some sort of, unless they they put a limit on the size of the driver head or the face or something like that, by the time we get to this ball, the driver technology will be so much hotter that we'll still be hitting it five or ten yards further. So I think it's going to completely cancel it out. And I, yeah, I think by the, by the time twenty thirty comes around, I think there'll be absolutely no difference. Um. Yeah. Just have to. We just we just have to get to scratch before the rollback, basically. So I, what you're saying. I do like I do like the idea of there's being potentially two different golf balls. One that's like juiced up, and yeah, like we we already everyone knows there's a problem with cheating in golf, and you just all clubs have cheats, but it just be gas when you go out. And oh, play it'll be sun, brilliant now. Yeah, the, su- yeah. the Sunday medal, <laughs> and you're like, wait, we always hit at the same distance, and somehow you're now hitting it ten yards further than me, using this like oh, juiced up ball really... that he's he's crossed off the like the name of it or something. I think that'd be so funny. If you think about it, if you bought if you bought an extra box of Pro V ones once a month now for the next five years and just stored <laughs> them up, you know. Um, because it's going to be interesting. How are they going to tell the difference between an old yeah. ball and a new ball? Like they're probably going to be similar. So yeah. anyway, we'll move on. Um, um, just speaking of that, I've got a question for you, Shani, that I that I thought of. Um, who there was some golfer? I think it was Jordan Spieth. Maybe hit every fairway. No, it doesn't sound like something Jordan Spieth would do. No, it's not. So anyway, not so someone did that, and it got me thinking. If you which of these, you may have done both of these at some stage in your golf career, but if I sent you out tomorrow for next year, do you think you'd hit all 18 fairways in regulation or hit all 18 greens in regulation first? Does that make sense? As in if I kept playing golf, which as is in like to do? Yeah, as in like I've told you, you have to, you've got to do one of these two things. Which one do you think you'd do first? Green Fairways or greens? Well, it'd be... It... It'd be 14 fairways and 18 greens, would it? Okay, 14 fairways, but you have to hit the par, the four par three greens in regulation as well. That counts as your fairway. Yeah, that'd be easier, I think. I think hit, hitting 18 greens in regulation would be... You'd be there all day. Really? Absolutely. Like, I mean, it, if you think about it, it's you have to hit one shot onto the fairway. You have to hit two shots onto the green for par four. Yeah, but... Par fives or whatever. But like you can, you can hit a green from the rough. Like you, you know, just because you're just off the fairway yeah, fair, doesn't yeah, mean. Um, now I still think I'd take the the fourteen fairways challenge. I think greens okay. and reg are just so hard. Like if you think about it, like I I could only, I probably regularly only hit about ten, eleven, maybe twelve greens around. Can we keep your stats next year? In the journey to scratch, um. It's like funny to... you say it, actually. The green, greens and reg is actually the only stats I really look at. Oh, really? Yeah. 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 To be fair. Well, that's, that's, um, and that goes back to the whole point that it actually, as long as you're hitting driver and you're going far enough. Yeah. I don't care if I hit it in the road. Like, yeah. 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 Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. So look, um, like 2030, long way away, the um, head of the RNA, um, who has a funny name, what was his name? was listening to a podcast with him this morning. He said it's only going to affect the average amateur by five five yards or less. Yeah. Um. So. Oh, and we'll also, see. like, we'll see. It's a long. I've I've never been a man to buy a lot of golf balls. I very much find my golf balls in the bush, 
Um, <laughs> and like, just think of the effect that using a ball that's been sat in a soggy bush for three weeks, maybe like that. I, I don't yeah. understand the, the dynamics of a golf ball, but like that has to affect it more than five yards. <laughs> <laughs> um, okay. Moving on to, um, a very sad, um, topic in my opinion is that John Ram has taken the money and gone to live golf. Um, I'm just going to read you out a quote from John Ram at the 2022 US Open. He said, yeah, money is great, but when Kelly and I, this first thing happened, we started talking about it and we were like, would our lifestyle change if we got 400 million? No, it would not change one bit. Truth be told, I could retire right now and I could live a very happy life and not play golf again. I've never really played the game of golf for monetary reasons. I play for the love of the game. I want to play against the best in the world. Absolute horseshit. That was one. That was eighteen months ago. I, I, yeah, I'm I understand four. I understand six hundred million is a lot of money. I understand yeah. that, but like he's he's already said that it wouldn't change his life. So why yeah. why now? I don't know. I don't know. I'm I'm I am honestly surprised by John Ram. I didn't think he would. Yeah. The only thing in my head is that obviously there is a supposed merger coming, which Yeah. I don't I, I don't know if that's say. ever going to happen. But basically they've just said to John Ram, look, we'll pay you six hundred million. This merger's coming. You might mm. not even have to play any live events. You basically will come we'll pay you. You'll be a live golfer, we'll merge, and then there's gonna be this hybrid of PGA Tour and live. So John gets to yeah. play the PGA Tour events he wants. He plays in the 10 live events that he wants. Yeah. His life is great. He's I, got an extra 60 yeah. million. I completely agree. I think that, that there has to be something behind it. That that must be it, is that they've literally just said, look, um, do you want 600 million to play live for maybe one season? And then yeah. the season after, we'll all be back together again and happy families. So I, I just... yeah. I just want him to come out and say, yeah, look, I'm just doing it because they offered me a load of money. If he comes out and starts spouting this shite about growing the game and like he loves the format, he's already talked about oh, how he hates nonsense, the format. Yeah. So, mm. look, I, I won't lose any respect for John Ryan, to be honest. Who cares? If if, if I got offered 600 million, we're all going to take it. <laughs> yeah. So, but I just he hope he just... not said anything. Yeah. And apparently people have been reaching out to agents and people have been texting him and there's been no word. So... Apparently tonight or tomorrow will be the announcement. I guess because the okay. pr the promotion event is on tomorrow, starts tomorrow. So, oh, just when we release this podcast, brilliant. Yeah. Um, <laughs> do you know what? Do you know what was nearly more surprising was that Xander signed up for the PGA Tour first event. Yeah, I was like, I would have put my house on him going to live. But I so I was looking. Live currently have six six spots open. Three of them are going to the promotion. So they've potentially got three places mm. with a few players like Graham McDowell re-signed for someone else. And there's a few other players that could re-sign. Um, so I just wonder, John Ram is going to take one of those spaces. There's two more slots left. Just do they have any more money in the bank to get like Patrick Cantlay or whoever across? Don't yeah. Um, so, yeah, so you're saying this... There's Those basically spaces, and then also there's been trades as well, isn't there, between the teams? <laughs> yeah, there's been. I there I just Liver trying to make themselves a serious 
organize a serious event, a serious sports thing, and the teams are such a big part. And then Matthew Wolf gets yeah. traded for Gooch. Gooch, who won Live last year, won three times. Wolf, who finished twenty seventh in the rankings, and they've just you're they're trying to convince us that this trade is being done on merit and it's for like at least in I wish Scott was here because he understands American sports better. But in American football, I think you'll you will trade a draft pick and a player like there's multiple things combined in a in a trade whereas they're they're believing they're trying to get us to believe that they just traded the best player in live for the 27th best player and that's the only thing that's gone gone on there like that it's just a joke yeah i think i think they've just done a trade to show us that trades are because <laughs> americans love trades and like, it's just we can do this what, i think they just why, did a trade for the sake of showing us that there's trades involved why would the range goats not want Taylor Gooch? Come on! I don't know. I, I I haven't. I honestly like that's. Ta- I that's started Taylor a golf Go- podcast this year, but I haven't watched <laughs> one episode of Labour. One thing of Labour <laughs> episode. Taylor Gooch. Episode. That's that's his third team in three years. Like, <laughs> starting to think that he might be the problem. <laughs> um. How how cheap of a podcast are we that we can't afford to just pay for a Zoom subscription? <laughs> um, before you uh, before you continue, just something I forgot from the start of the podcast. Matters arising from last week's pod. Um, for anyone interested, Adnan Adnan Yanuzai is probably the most famous Kosovan footballer. His parents were Kosovan. For any minute, um, somebody else texted me something about Kosovo as well. Oh, speaking of uh, texts, um, the uh, the Spotify um, wrapped uh, like picture, uh, yeah. I don't know, charts or whatever you call them, came out. It's it was it was lovely to see that there are some crazy people out there that seem to really enjoy this podcast isn't there or shout, whatever you call this thing shout out to our listeners um yeah. dean crowley said we were i think we were second to no laying up he said we we're gonna have to up our numbers like no laying up or churning one mostly two podcasts a week um what are we moving on to next uh, we, were, we are still in the middle of live so um as i said live promotions are going on so there's a couple of rounds. I think there's 18 holes tomorrow. Top top few players get into round two, another 18 holes, and then there's 36 holes. There's actually two Irish guys playing. Um, Ooh. Max Kennedy, who's an amateur. I think he plays golf in the States. Um, and there's a second Irish guy, also an amateur, whose name has escaped me. But I think they got in because they might be Walker Cup players or something like that. I haven't done my research on this segment on mm. the pod. Um, <laughs> but I do think it's it's amazing that Max Kennedy, the amateur, is potentially four rounds of golf away from making like a guaranteed couple of million a year if he gets onto a live team. Like, that that's is, the that's, way to go, man. Yeah, imagine. Yeah. Just... I, I, when I saw the, the live, the qualification, all the players... I expected them to pull a few more players than what they had. Um, like Victor Dubuisson was their big name. Like Chris Stroud. Really? Who cares about him? Like, yeah. Well, look, it sounds like they've put all their eggs in the, into the John Ram basket. So, 
yeah. I mean, if six hundred if six hundred million is going to his pocket, then there can't be much going anywhere else. Still, if you if if you are within your rights to to play the qualification event, you you get a guaranteed five grand for playing in the first round. You get a guaranteed ten grand for the second one, and then I think if you get through the third, you probably get a guaranteed like fifteen thousand. So. Look, it, it's probably what it will cost you to go to stay in Dubai for a week with your flights and everything, but still, I'd, I'd go and do it if you're getting paid yeah. that. <laughs> yeah, um, fair enough. Um, what else been going on? Uh, did you see um, there was a bit of a fallout between Liquid Death and Arnold Palmer, RIP? Who are... Who, what's Liquid Death? <laughs> Liquid Death, which you will not... Can you have a guess what you think Liquid Death is? Liquid death. Is it a is it like a is it, is it like a drink? They sell water oh. or their first their first item they sold was water and they are now worth seven hundred million. What? Just by selling selling water in a can um with with like edgy designs on the outsides, trying to make water cool, I guess. But they've taken American. Why is it store. called liquid death? That they really? just wanted to make they wanted to make drinking water cool, yeah. But anyway, liquid death. Um, Shani, you obviously know who Arnold Palmer, the golfer, is. Do you, Do you know what an Arnold Palmer drink is? Um, it is a cocktail of sorts, isn't it? Uh, it's originally not a cocktail. It's just iced tea and lemonade mixed together. Um, okay. The alcoholic version is called a John Daly. It's when you stick a bit of vodka oh. in there. Um, I was sure an Arnold Palmer was alcoholic, but yeah, okay. So I was so basically, Liquid Death brought out a drink called the Armless Palmer, which was um, with the same mix of iced tea and lemonade, and mm. they were threatened to be sued by the Arizona Beverage Company, who. Uh, seems to Arnold Palmer has a has his own brand that sells these drinks. Um, so they were threatened to be sued, and they changed the, changed the name of the drink to the Dead Billionaire. Another that, strange name. A strange name. I think their their play is that the Dead Billionaire is Arnold Palmer. He's now dead. Yeah. And oh come on! Like you can't be doing that. That's disrespectful. It is a little bit disrespectful. There was a lot of outrage on golf Twitter. What I didn't know is that Arnold Palmer you could like copyright a drink like that's just mixing two drinks together that's like you putting vodka and coke together and be calling it a shani yeah but you know you you can and you know what um i don't know that i have i mentioned this in the pod or anything before but you know the rock shandy was created in black rock in dublin do you know the club rock shandy yeah i love it because i think it was um that's just orange lemonade it's the Rock Shandy, so it was like in Black Rock, they used to, there's some poem in Black Rock and there's a sign up in the toilets. Um, They used to go for a swim and then come back up and mix Club Orange and Club Lemonade and they called it a Rock Shandy. And then, yeah, you'd wonder how Club Orange or whatever they're called took it over. But yeah, you can definitely do that with oh. drinks. Maybe we should, br- would we bring out a quack, um, a quack we- cocktail? We could team up with Liquid Death. The, the de- the <laughs> I dead still duck. don't get Liquid Death is throwing me here. Like, why is that cool? Like, what that name just sounds strange. Like, it sounds like um, 
Do you know, like a four loco kind of? Yeah, yeah. Like that's what I thought you were going down that kind of route. That's anyway. That's exactly what it looks like. It looks like a can of four loco, but it's just canned water. And I guess like a... American men are buying it because they're like, yeah, water's not cool. What? Look at me drink this liquid death, bro. <laughs> Sounds like a heavy metal band. Yeah. Um. Anyway, can can you guess how much adjusted for inflation? Can you guess how much Arnold Palmer was worth when he died? Adjusted for inflation, a uh, um, hundred. Well, oh, was it more or less than what John John Ram is getting for live? More. Wow. Really, Arnold Palmer. And, and Nature. to caveat that, he only earned three point six million on the golf course. Um, like, would it be? Would the highest proportion of his earnings then come from like golf design or golf course design or that side of it? I actually don't know, but I think probably the drink. Yeah. Oh, really? Okay. Okay. Yeah. So, so what is he like a, a thousand million or a billion? One point three billion, apparently. Fair play to Arnold. He's, I didn't he's expect a, that. Now he's third on the list behind Tiger Woods and MJ. Mad for like sport sports people in general. Yeah, yeah, that's un- that's unreal. Fair play, Arnold. Wild enough. Um, anything else there in on your list, Ben? For this, um, not this much. I, I wanted to find out what your favorite Christmas film was. Uh, that would be Love Actually, definitely in your background there, hundred percent. Well, luckily you said it because you know who's my neighbor, Hugh Grant. <laughs> no, I wish. <laughs> Um, okay, he's not my neighbour, but he does live in Pimlico. Bill Nye, the guy who's behind my head here. Bill Nye, he's hilarious. Yeah. I saw him the other he's day brilliant. coming out of the coming out of the post office. Really dressed dressed in a three piece um, suit. Did you ever see him in the boat that rocked? Brilliant film. He's brilliant in that. Good yeah, music. He's great. Um, I was kind of I was deep diving on him. He suffered from a lot of substance abuse. Um, had oh. a bit of bit of a wacky. Uh, I guess he was a rock star in the in the eighties, so that's what happens. Ah, uh, he looks like a a rocker. Yeah. Um. Okay. Well, we'll leave it there if there's nothing else. I just want to just before we go shout out our fantasy football league of over two hundred, um, of, of over two hundred players, and uh, thankfully, and inevitably, the cream has risen to the top, and your quack covered it. Host is at the top of the covered at FPL league. Um and um yeah, the rest of, of the rest of you are all chasing. You were third at the weekend. You, is that after the last two last two game days? Yeah, I'm back. Now we ha- so I'm top of the league tonight and I have um my captain playing tonight, Hyung Min son. I'm going to be honest, so, I yeah. for, I forgot about the deadline and I got stuck with Haaland <laughs> as captain. Classically. <laughs> Although, Shani, how good is this time of year? One, because it's Christmas and Christmas pints and Christmas movies, but there's just so much football on. Every night, exactly. double game weeks. Oh, I love it. Yeah. So we've had, so there's um, lots of Premier League football. There's no international break until March. We've had the UK snooker, which was a great watch. We've the darts coming oh, up in a few. I presume the darts is probably next week, maybe or something. Um, and strangely enough, the golf is quite um, it's quite good this time of the year, um, as well. So um, I think the 
season will probably be starting in the next few weeks with it. But I suppose the bit, the main first event probably won't be till January in Hawaii. Yeah, main one there, and then the European tour is in Dubai on like the fifteenth. I think is the the Dubai Desert Classic. Mm, there's an open in Mauritius. The, the Mauritius Open. Uh, yeah, well, not this week, but next week. Yeah, the Dunhill Links is on down in Leopard Creek, which looks unbelievable. Like golf with uh, safari happening around you, and then a little little trip to Mauritius for a week, and then and then they have their Christmas. So, not bad being a mm. golfer. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. Okay, we leave it there. Shani, that was a pleasure. Chat to you soon. See you later, folks. Happy Christmas. Cheers, guys. Ciao.